Hello, and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Brene Dahlman. On today's episode, we are sitting down with our guest, John McLennan, representative for the Roberts District on the James City County Board of Supervisors. Welcome, Dr. McLennan. Thanks very much, Renee. It's nice to be here in this beautiful studio. I'm (laughs) amazed at the quality of everything in here. It is very nice. Actually, the podcast may sound a little different because we had to move. There's an issue in our normal recording spot, so... We were creative on the fly, and we came into this room. That's great. It's not my voice that's the echo. It's something else. It's the room. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All mistakes on the podcast will go towards the room, for sure. All right. So, you have been on the Board of Supervisors for 19 years, or this is your 19th year? I just finished 19 years. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's a long time. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. You Uh have seen a lot of changes in the county. Well, I think everybody's seen a lot of change in the county. We've seen our population grow pretty dramatically. We've seen an expansion of the opportunities in the community. We've seen more challenges in terms of dealing with some of the impact of growth. So there's been a lot uh, during that 19 years that has changed. But fundamentally, I think we are still the kind of quality small town community that people really find very attractive. Tell us a little bit about your district, Roberts District. Now, if I remember correctly, you were originally in another district. That's right. I was in the Jamestown District originally. And lo and behold, without even moving, I managed to be represented from a different district. And uh, redistricting. That's right. right. That's right. Every 10 years, we redraw the lines of districts as a result of population shifts and growth. And in my instance, I was moved out of my old district into a new district. Uh, and fortunately, the folks there decided they would like to keep me on as their representative. So tell us a little bit about the Roberts District. Right. The Roberts District, uh, of course, was a little bit more of a challenge uh, to get to know very quickly. But uh, as I've learned the folks and the uh, components of the district, I just find it to be more and more interesting. Roberts District gets its name from an African-American political leader of a much earlier time period, so it's important from that perspective, and it tells you a little bit of something about part of this community. Uh, My district begins in the southeastern corner of the county, uh, right at the Newport News line, and it comes up through our industrial park uh, in the southern end of the county, up to the Grove area, uh, and Grove is uh, largely minority community that also does include one of our premier schools, James River Elementary School, and uh, has a number of uh, interesting historical aspects to it. The uh, Grove area is a place where folks were relocated in part because of the construction of Camp Perry at an earlier point and established a an African-American community there, but now it has expanded to include a number of people from varying backgrounds and has a fairly transient population on the one hand, but a very stable population on the other. Long-time families that have been in this area for generations, along with folks who are in the military or are seasonal workers and come in and out uh, with on a regular basis. Now, you had said Camp Perry. When did that happen? That, I believe, was back in the uh, middle part of the 20th century. Okay. And uh, then as we come up uh, Route 60, uh, we also include places like Anheuser-Busch Brewery, Busch Gardens, and then up to Kings Mill. And uh, included in the Roberts District also is a little section of James City County that's adjacent to both the city of Williamsburg and York County. The area includes uh, James Terrace off of Route 143. 
and Magruder Heights, which actually was the very first subdivision in James City County. I did not know that. It, it's a very quaint, uh, small subdivision with a number of uh, nice older houses, many of which have been uh, renovated over the years. A pretty place to look. And uh, so that's part of the Roberts District as well. Of course, uh, Kingsmill is a premier a residential community and a resort, and that uh, has its own characteristics. And yet, in many ways, some of the same issues and problems arise in all of these places. People are very concerned about the impact of growth in the community. Mm-hmm. They want to know that they're going to be able to enjoy the same kinds of uh, amenities and the sort of lifestyle that has existed in their lives as residents of James City County. And so they watch that very carefully. In Kingsmill, a lot of folks right now are very concerned about the Dominion Power's proposal to build uh, electric power lines across the James River on 17 towers, some of which are 300 feet tall. Goodness. And the county has been objecting to that, along with a number of other organizations, because we think it, it uh, despoils a very uh, historic uh, viewshed and uh, want to protect that not only for our residents along the river, but also especially for the Jamestown Island National Historical Park. Okay. Now, you had mentioned Anheuser-Busch. That's right. I understand that they made a very nice announcement yesterday. They did just announce that they're going to invest another $18 million in the plant here, which suggests that they have a long-term interest in staying with us. You know, one of the things we sometimes forget is that Anheuser-Busch and Kingsmill, the brewery, Water Country, all together comprised uh, one family's investment, a family-owned corporation's investment in our community. Wow. And now we have Kingsmill as a resort and residential community as one entity, the brewery as a second, and the amusement parks, Bush Gardens, and Water Country as a third. Of course, Water Country is in York County, but Bush Gardens, the much larger of the two, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, very vital to James City County. So we have to be much more attuned to the fact that James City County is part of a global economy now. Yes, Decisions are made in places around the world that will have an impact here not just uh, decisions being made by the Anheuser-Busch Corporation, that it would affect all three of those entities. You serve on several committees. I do. For the Uh Board of Supervisors. Uh What committees are you on? I represent James City County on the Virginia Peninsula Regional Jail Board of Directors. Which is in your district. That's right. That's right. And uh, have done that for a number of years as well. And the jail is really a very uh, interesting facility, and I think uh, citizens sometimes don't realize not only is it an important facility, we share it with York County, Pocosin, the city of Williamsburg, but it also has a fairly unusual method of corrections, uh, direct supervision, mm. uh, which means that the guards are right in the center of the activity with the, with the inmates and uh, Uh, They're working with them on a day-to-day basis. There is a higher expectation that they are going to be uh, integrated uh, more fully and uh, not just locked behind a cell door all day long. We also combine that with a very large number of programs designed to help those who are in the jail uh, develop the kinds of skills and abilities that will allow them to reintegrate into society once they come out. Very important. It is indeed. And the thing that makes that possible is the extraordinary number of volunteers who work in those programs in the jail. 
uh, residents of the city, the county, other communities in the area who all get together on providing training. Uh, we have a GED program there that has produced an enormous number of graduates uh, with GED cert- certification. One of the most inspiring events you can attend is I'm a GED sure. graduation sure. at the jail. So that's a, a really important facility for us and one that where the emphasis is always on how can we make sure that we are reducing the likelihood that this person is going to have to be back here again or go on to an even more serious incarceration uh, in a state prison. And I think that we've had some great success with that. We are trying to help the folks who are incarcerated in the jail right now to, for instance, get their driver's licenses back and in place by the time they leave so that they can get themselves to a job. We're trying to make sure that they have the opportunity to uh, develop some contacts with folks who are willing to hire them when they come out and help them make sure that there are opportunities for drug treatment or anything else that may have contributed to their being behind bars in the first place. How long have you been on this committee? The jail board I've been on and off over the years. I would guess I've served eight or nine years as a member of the board of directors there. The jail will be celebrating its 20th anniversary in June. And the thing that has helped a lot, I think, is that uh, we've had a very stable leadership at the jail. uh, And they've learned a lot over the years, continue to improve. But we have been fortunate that some of our senior leaders at the jail have stayed on for a very long time. That helps. Mm -hmm. And when Grace Boone was on last week, we talked about some of the work release program that the county partners with median maintenance, I believe, and other things. That's right, and and litter and other items that help to keep the community looking good. The Again, the challenge there is making sure that we uh, are able to take care of uh, the folks who come to the jail, help them develop some work skills, use their time mm-hmm. productively. But you also have to make sure that the folks who are on those crews are safe out in the community, and we certainly put that as a very high priority. Another committee, you're with the Williamsburg Area Medical Assistance Corporation. I believe that there's an easier way to say that. Well, actually, we refer to that as Old Town. Old Town, uh, much easier. (laughs) Old Town Medical and Dental Clinic, which is out on Old Town Road and serves folks who have limited access to medical care through insurance programs. And that's one of the real challenges we have, again, that people sometimes don't recognize. You know, we have seen an expansion of Medicaid. That has helped in some ways. Here in Virginia, we have not expanded Medicaid as fully as we should, but uh, hopefully at some point that might happen. But with the availability of some Medicaid, that has meant that some of the folks who might have come to Old Town in the past now go to uh, uh, other doctors. Okay. And that's fine. That's great. We want to Mm -hmm. see that happen as well. Uh, But the challenge here is that especially because we haven't expanded Medicaid, we have a large number of people who just have no form of insurance, no means of getting the medical care, and they comprise a larger and larger share of the folks who are using Old Town. And we have an enormous number of doctors and dentists and medical professionals who donate time to the clinic. We have full-time staff there, but it is a challenge to provide all those services that uh, folks need. And fortunately, the community has been very generous in supplementing the funds that Old Town already receives. Uh, We have a a sort of quasi-endowment that was given to us when Centera bought Williamsburg Community Hospital Mm -hmm. and redeveloped a new hospital out uh, off of 199. They gave a large sum of money to Old Town basically to ensure that that kind of assistance would be available. 
How long has Old Town Medical Center been in existence? We celebrated our 25th anniversary not too long ago. Goodness. So some of these organizations that we think of as relatively recent are now establishing a pretty long history. I've been trying to work on a project with James River Elementary School to make sure that vaccinations are going to be available for students who will be moving on to middle school. Oh, very good. Where they will have to have vaccinations completed before they get over there. Yes. All right. Now, you had mentioned growth and that growth is definitely an issue for the folks in Roberts District. That's right. And I haven't quite finished with with the whole... I'm sorry. uh, I got excited. ...the whole range of Roberts District either because, you know, once we come past Kingsmill, Roberts uh, includes Kings Point. It includes all of the area then on the um, west side of 199 till you get to Jamestown Road. And then it goes all the way down Jamestown Road until you get to Neckaland Road. Wow. And everything to the south of Jamestown Road or Neckaland Road is then also in the Roberts District. And growth is a big issue in many of those areas. And part of the reason it's a big issue is because these tend to be low-lying areas that are surrounded by water, which makes them very pleasant places to be, Mm -hmm. but also creates enormous problems with stormwater runoff and with the impact of water inundation as a result of climate change. Stormwater is definitely an issue throughout the county, and we plan on having Fran Geisler come and do a whole podcast on stormwater. Well, in Roberts alone, you have a huge problem in the Grove area, uh, which was developed before stormwater facilities were really put into place, and where we need to go back now and retrofit it, because there are people there who, when we have a heavy storm, and you know we have heavy storms Mm -hmm. around here, uh, they can have uh, six to six inches to a foot of water sitting in their yards wow. uh, for days on end after a big storm. And we need to find ways to move that water off of the ground because the ground simply can't absorb it fast enough. Yeah. Uh, we need to collect it and uh, allow it to become purer, to settle the soils and so forth, so that uh, when the water makes its way into the tributaries that lead to the Chesapeake Bay, uh, that they are, in fact, cleaner and that we protect the valuable resource that is the Chesapeake. You are also on a high growth coalition committee. Uh-huh. Right. That's a coalition of local governments across the Commonwealth who are experiencing rapid rates of growth. And we uh, have, over the last 20 plus years, it actually started right around the same time that I came on the Board of Supervisors. The um, high growth coalition has been working to try to make sure that the General Assembly understands the needs of our localities for resources and for the authority to deal with the challenges that high-growth communities have. Unfortunately, things have gone somewhat in the opposite direction recently. The legislature passed legislation in 2016 that was designed to make it more difficult for localities to accept proffers on residential rezonings. And proffers are ways for us to help mitigate the impact of growth. Uh, We know that when we have a lot of residential growth, it means we have to build more schools, we have to widen roads, we have to improve the services of of the county, uh, hire more police officers, uh, more firefighters, and emergency medical technicians. Uh, All of that costs a lot of money. And I think a lot of our long-time residents feel that they shouldn't be expected to cover all of that cost when they haven't really been responsible for creating the growth. And so uh, we have been trying to, to deal with that at the statewide level and have had some success, but it's, it's a real challenge. Uh, I currently chair the coalition, and we're going to be having a meeting in June 
that is designed to look at the impact of that legislation that was passed last year and to try to make some recommendations to the General Assembly about what they might think about doing to uh, help us get back some of that authority. Now, what are you up to when you are not busy <laughs> with your Board of Supervisors hat on? Well, I do actually have a full-time job. Ah, uh, <laughs> another full-time job, you could say. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, I teach at the College of William Mary. I'm a professor of government and public policy, and uh, I've been there for now. This will be my 43rd year, just completed. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's a great place to be. Uh, get to work with wonderful students. My colleagues are great, and it is obviously a very historic and significant college that produces national and international leaders, and uh, it's just a wonderful experience for me to be there. Well, and I would imagine your background gives you a little bit different perspective. Right. Uh, I think it's interesting that students do seem to give me a little bit more street cred, if you will, uh, <laughs> given the fact that I am involved in local government. And and, you know, there's always a temptation to uh, to sort of resort to war stories, telling about what happened at the last war <laughs> supervisors meeting or something like that. But uh, you have to be very careful about that. You want to make sure that you're putting it into a context that really applies more broadly than just one particular interesting story. Uh, sure. Uh, but uh, I do find that uh, students are very appreciative of the fact that I've had both political involvement and governmental involvement over the years. And uh, certainly have had the opportunity to work pretty closely with uh, leaders at, at all levels. I've been on a national board of trying to help localities deal with the impact of climate change. I currently chair a group called the Transit Service Delivery Advisory Commission for the Department of Rail and Public Transit uh, in Richmond, the state agency. Uh, we are trying to figure out ways to maximize the benefit of state dollars for transit and also now trying to help find some ways to increase the amount of funding available for public transit. We are comprised of folks representing bus uh, services and, and uh, rail services throughout the Commonwealth, uh, local governments, and the department itself. Uh, and we had to develop a formula for allocating uh, about $170 million worth of state funding that came hmm. to public transit a couple of years ago. You asked me a little while ago about uh, the connection between my um, day job, if you will, my, mm -hmm. my regular job teaching at the College of William & Mary and, and uh, local government. And one of the things that I do try to encourage my students to understand, and I hope that others listening to this podcast might understand, is the range of opportunities available in local government today. Uh, you know, we talk about something called the silver tsunami, that uh, there we are at a period where there are huge numbers of people who have been managing local governments all across the country nearing retirement mm -hmm. age. And there's a tremendous need for new, vibrant young people with great ideas about how to adapt local government to the current social media, to the ways in which uh, uh, we do business differently today, uh, to the demands of our constituents. And so encouraging local uh, government service is something that I really feel strongly about. And we do have opportunities to encourage students to get into internships, to learn a little bit about what would be involved in the local government service, uh, and then to apply that to their own life and see if maybe there is something that would be appealing to them in local government. I think one of the things about local government that we often forget is that while life in Washington seems very glamorous or sometimes very frustrating, but it always seems to be about very high level issues, mm -hmm. The things that affect people most in their day-to-day -day lives are the things that are done by local government. 
And so I hope people will think about that and especially young people might think about the possibilities available to them in this field. The state and local elections are definitely most important. They are coming up in November, and I hope that we actually have primaries coming up in June 13th, but the general election in November normally doesn't draw as big a crowd as the presidential elections, but hopefully people will see a need to participate in this year's elections. Now, I know that there are other ways for citizens to participate outside of internships. What are some of those? Well, we do have lots of volunteer opportunities. We have boards and commissions. Some of them are fairly high profile and very demanding, like the planning commission, where Mm -hmm. we do appoint citizen members to serve on this advisory board that makes recommendations to the board of supervisors uh, on land use issues. Uh, But we also have lots of commissions and committees like the Clean County Commission, the Historical Commission, uh, service with some of our partners like social services and uh, others where folks can serve on those committees as well. But then just opportunities to volunteer are abundant. We can see it in terms of our parks and recreation programs where a lot of folks will come in and just want to help out with some of those programs. And uh, I think that... uh, You'll find very few citizens who would ever tell you that James City County doesn't have its arms open and its doors wide open for anybody who'd like to help out. From what I understand with committees and commissions, you do not need to wait for there to be an opening to apply, that anyone can go online, complete the application, and then down the road when there's an opening, they can be considered for that position. Exactly right, yes. And we encourage folks to do that and uh, to let us know what they're most interested in doing. I understand that you are a Baltimore Orioles fan. I'm a Baltimore Orioles fan and a Baltimore fan. And a Baltimore (laughs) fan. What's your connection with Baltimore? I did my graduate work at Johns Hopkins University. And so I spent three years in residence in Baltimore and uh, found the town to be a great place to live and uh, study. It is a great place. It's not James City County, but it's it's way out there. If if you're looking for an urban environment, though, it's pretty good. So I have a trivia question for you. What was the name of the team before it changed to Baltimore Orioles? I think it was the Browns. It was the Browns. Uh And what year did they become the Orioles? Oh, I think it was in 1954. 1954. Exactly. Good job. Good job. All right. Now, I won't talk about the time that the Baltimore Colts Uh, snuck out of town in the middle of the night. That is a sad story. But they have been replaced now by the Ravens. Yes. Not as big a a pro football fan, uh, but uh, the Orioles are just great. Baseball is a wonderful game to just relax and enjoy. Uh, You know, the the excitement comes sometimes in small bursts. Sometimes you have to (laughs) wait for it a little while, but it's well worth the wait. Well. I am a football fan, so Uh I do not understand why you have to play the same team multiple times in a (laughs) row, but that's okay. That's a whole whole nother podcast discussion. Who caught the last out of the World Series in 1983, giving the Orioles their third world championship in club history? Oh, I guess it's Cal. Very good. Cal Ripken. <laughs> now, I would have gotten that right because Cal Ripken is the only thing I know about the Baltimore <laughs> Orioles. <laughs> well, I have a few more questions to okay. ask, right. but they have nothing to do with anything that we've talked about so far. Great. All right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. What is your favorite hobby? Oh, gosh. My favorite hobby. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of reading. But I would say that uh, I really kind of like bird watching. Uh, I love bird watching. Uh-huh. 
and it's it's just fun to see them uh you know enjoy uh, nature and, and see what's going on very good you should become a virginia master naturalist i should i uh, am a, well, we'll talk about that later right what is your favorite TV show that you're into right now? Do you watch much TV besides Board of Supervisors meeting rebroadcasts? Uh, you know, I, I watch a lot of Orioles. Um, <laughs> I have a, a kind of fascination with this um, show, that uh, Flea Market Flip. Ah, okay. Uh, just because it's kind of neat to watch people go out and find a piece of junk at an old flea market and convert it into something that looks really, really nice. Yes. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't watch lots of dramas or uh, serials, I, and I do watch a fair amount of news. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say that's probably the show that I single out. Okay, good. Do you have any children? Yes, two sons. Two sons, mm-hmm. and where are they? Uh, one is uh, currently in Williamsburg, and in James City County, and, and uh, uh, the other is in New York right now. Oh, any grandchildren? Nope. Nope. No nope. grandchildren yet? How about No pets? rush. No rush? <laughs> Any pets? Yes. Yes. We have a uh, West Highland Terrier who just turned 13 yesterday. Oh, goodness. Uh, we always remember that because it was also my anniversary yesterday. Oh, uh, happy belated anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and uh, he's very feisty and uh, very independent. Uh, we also have a cockatiel, a white cockatiel oh. that's... Uh, She's probably about the same age, maybe a little bit younger. And uh, we have two African clawed frogs. Oh, wow. They are water-dwelling frogs that are 24 and 20 years old. My goodness. 21 years old, 24 and 21. They uh, were each given to our sons when they turned four. And uh, they live for a long time. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> if you don't have a predator, <laughs> you can have a long life as an African clawed frog. Well, I did not know that. Yes. My uh-huh. goodness. We've now, had rabbits over the years. Okay. Uh, they're, they're kind of fun, too. They are fun. Uh-huh. Now, I have to ask, because with Mrs. Larson, we learned that Mrs. Larson's dog has a Twitter account. Do any uh, of your pets have Twitter accounts? No, but um, I have uh, been on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody created a Wikipedia page about me, and I have no idea why. Oh. Uh, but uh, on that Wikipedia page, there is prominent discussion of the true fact that our West Highland Terrier only drinks water that comes from the refrigerator um, <laughs> water dispenser. <laughs> With the filtered water in the dispenser. Uh, he will sit and watch as you fill his bowl. Oh, that's funny. And uh, then we'll, we'll drink it. He doesn't really like to drink anything straight out of the tap. Uh, <laughs> he has discerning taste. But the, but the peculiar thing about this, of course, is that if, if that were just a, a fact, it would be kind of quirky and interesting. Mm-hmm. But because it made it into this Wikipedia page... <laughs> I have been introduced at various group, various uh, times, including to a group of visiting Norwegian government officials uh, with that factoid uh, oh, that prominent is, in the introduction. That so, is funny. Um, if I would have known. If I would have known. <laughs> uh, Snowy has made his mark uh, in a very, very distinctive way. All right. Another question. Bush Gardens is in your district. Yes, it is. What is your favorite ride there? I like roller coasters generally, okay. uh, and uh, I always liked Alpengeist, 
but you know I, I'm pretty much happy to write any of them. Okay. Um, I was uh, I have not been able to write Invader yet okay. because the day that I was there for the dedication of it, they had to take it offline for a little mm -hmm. while. Mm -hmm. But uh, I hear very good things about it, and I'm sure I'll hit it before the summer's over. Very good. It's a very popular park. Lots mm -hmm. of people. Lots Absolutely. of people. So let's pretend that you are hosting out of town company at your house for a week. Mm -hmm. What would be the top one or two experiences that you would want to make sure that they had in James City County before they headed home? Well, I would definitely take them out to Jamestown Island. And of course, you know, the, the state uh, facility at Jamestown is, is an excellent one. I encourage them to go there. But I really like uh, the uh, Jamestown Rediscovered uh, project mm -hmm. uh, where you can actually see archaeological digs going on and uh, learn more about what they are continuing to unearth uh, today that uh, reflects that period of our time. Uh, other than that, I think just getting them out to some of our parks uh, would be a great opportunity for them. Uh, obviously, Colonial Williamsburg is a great uh, venue, um, and our partners in the city can claim uh, great support for that. But uh, I think um, Jamestown would be the place that I would get them. All right. Very good. Well, that concludes my questions. Now, next time, we would love to have you come back. And there will be a whole nother set of questions. So don't expect okay. the same ones every time. And probably more Orioles trivia because you did such a great <laughs> job with this. I may have ex exhausted my entire <laughs> repertoire there. Well, I am impressed. So, well, thank you very much for joining us. I hope you had a good time. I have, Renee. It's very nice. Very, very good. good. Very good. Enjoy. Well, we will definitely have you back. And thank you for tuning in to This Week in James City County. We want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, so be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll talk to you next week.